Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. This podcast is for entertainment purposes only and does not replace your own financial, tax, legal, or financial product advice. everyone welcome to my millennial money today i've got a friend i've known emma for about a million years and i want this episode to be an encouragement for you uh, particularly for two types of people you've just left school and you are wondering what you want to do with your life i don't believe there's any pressure to do anything you just have to have some intention and some plans in place or you might be heading towards 40 years old you might be heading towards 35 and you're thinking, what the heck am I doing with my life? Uh, you'll hear Emma's story. She went to university a bit later in life. And it's all good, people. Don't stress it. No sweat. So I hope this encourages you. A couple of housekeeping things. We've now got the meaningful money cards that can be purchased uh, from sortyourmoneyout.com. You can click shop. And it's a full deck of cards with a heap of different money questions that you can use with friends and family, or probably on, I'd reckon, about the third date. You don't want to whip that out on the first or second date. Just to know people better and to start conversations. We did that with Azaria Bell, the host of the Gen Z Money podcast. So they're really cool. Uh, they're under like 20 bucks. I think they're like $17. So make sure you grab that. It helps to support the podcast by buying those and spreading the love. Finally, we're talking a little bit about careers and all that right now. And if you do want to double down on your career, you can head over to my millennial career. Shell and M, they run the podcast that was in the finals last year of the Australian Podcast Awards, top five business podcasts. I'll leave it there. Thanks for hanging out. Hope you enjoy this one. See ya. Well, Emma, thank you so much for joining us on My Millennial Money. I know you've been a long-time listener, so thank you so much and welcome to the show today. Thanks, Glenn. It's very exciting. It is. So, let's start. We might just get some basic metrics. Um, <laughs> let's start with uh, your age, your family situation, and what you're currently doing sure. for work. Right. Yes. It's so inappropriate to ask my age. Is it? Yeah, yeah. Okay, well, let's actually... I'm kidding, I don't oh. care. <laughs> <laughs> I was going to say, like, it's interesting. It's My Millennial Money and you're probably the last of Gen X. I am. Um, yeah. Which is the cooler generation, right? Apparently. Yeah, yeah like you're into Pearl especially, Jam and all that stuff. Yeah, totally. Yeah. Pearl Jam era. And especially given the anti-millennial sentiment right now. Mm. Yeah. Oh, well. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I guess the reason I wanted to get you on the show was to give encouragement to people who might be in their early 20s or even your age or older. Yep. Uh, So, do you want the metrics? Yeah, let's get the metrics. Cool. All right. So, I'm 42, um, married with four daughters ranging in age from 
uh, twins who are 20 and um, my youngest is 11. Right, right. And so I'm currently working as a provisional psychologist. Yeah. Yeah. So rewind 20 years ago mm. when mm. the yep. first batch was born. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> so, so Hayley and Sarah were born. Yeah. Uh, you're quite young. Yeah, yeah, 22. Yeah. yeah. So how how did you make all that happen, being so young with twins and, you know, effectively, you know, Chris was a full-time musician? Yeah. Uh, what was it like for you? Oh, that's a big question. Mm. Um, being Because uh, I kind of – I went back to work when they were four months old. I was working in a real estate doing admin and IT. Um, it was a juggle – um, enlisted family support. Yeah. Yeah, Chris was busy. He wasn't like – he was around, obviously he was around, but he wasn't around like in the afternoons and evenings and, yeah, often on weekends gigging and stuff. So, yeah, just trying to, I don't know, enlist help and I actually really enjoyed that time with my twins. Yeah, yeah it was a pretty special time. So, yeah. Yeah. Any advice to uh, new parents out there? Oh, Oh, just enjoy the time. I know that like there's there's difficulties and and blessings in every season. But oh my gosh, my you know, my first has left home. Uh, you don't that you can't be prepared for that. Like it's actually a really big transition for everyone and yeah, I miss the little versions of them. I always send them photos of themselves when they were little and um, I miss this version of you. So, and they don't answer because they're just like, ugh, shut up. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, okay, so you basically were part-time work, part-time, full-time parent. Yeah, basically. yes. Yep, up through the night still. Yeah. 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 Definitely. And so at the time because you're doing psychology or provisional psychology at the moment. Now, yep. At the time, was it a a dream to do psychology or was it just bubbling in the background? Yeah, well, funny enough, I wanted to be a psychologist from high school. Like it was kind of a career that I had been like, I want to do this. And then went to uni for six months straight out of high school but you couldn't do part-time, it wasn't online and I was trying to work, getting married. It just was all too hard at the time. Because you got married quite young as well, yeah, didn't you? Yeah, we were 19. It yeah. was very young. So high school sweethearts. <laughs> In different high schools, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. wow. Yeah, and um, just financially, like massive financial barriers at that age trying to support myself and do uni, um, even though Hex was around then. So I just kind of went, oh, not now, maybe, I don't know, maybe never, we'll see. Mm. And then I forgot that I wanted to do psychology um, for years and then started it again, just thought it sounded interesting and finished my first semester and went, oh, that's right, this was a dream of yeah. mine. So bizarrely, just got back on track. Yeah. 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 And again, like the reason I've got you here is when we're in our early 20s, there is so much pressure whether you are newly married, and there's a lot of listeners who are married early in their 20s, where whether you're starting a family, and there's a lot of listeners who are starting a family in their early 20s. Sure. Whether you've got pressure from your parents to go and do something with your life. Yeah. I think we've all got this pressure, whether you have to move out of home out of circumstances that you can't control. So pick your pressure. I, I mean, for me, my pressure, looking back in hindsight, 
was the undiagnosed mental illness that I was carrying. Yeah, sure. So we all carry stuff. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And then, yeah, I don't know, the expectation to do things in the right order, um, which is, you know, go to uni, get a job, get a house, then have kids, blah, 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 you know. And, and maybe that is an easier road. Mine was definitely financial. Like, I, you know, we were getting married, but I didn't have... Um, parents who supported me financially once I turned 18 like mum tried as best she could she was a single mum so doing the uni thing was just not viable at all um so yeah one of my daughters is studying and I've said like no board you can stay here if as long as you're studying um you know I want you to be set up well for your future that's important because we did struggle financially Mm. for a long time so Mm. till we got on our feet yeah yeah and I guess a lot of people will say and put it in the Facebook group like, oh, how can I um, help my kids financially? Mm. Where I I generally say while you are setting up your life, Mm -hmm. if you're financially strong in yourself, it will will enable your kids to have the most financial strength later in life. So there's no point putting $100 a month in a kid's investment account where you actually know you just need to save and have your own house deposit. Yeah, I think there's definitely pros and cons mm. because, like, yeah, I think motivating kids to go out and get a part-time job and, you know, if, you, if you're if really chucking hundreds of bucks at, at them and they don't have to, there's not a lot of, like, intrinsic motivation mm. there. I think, you know, if we can kind of support them financially in whatever way we can, um, them building their own resilience and having their own plans and goals for their life is really important. Yeah, because it's like, to my point, you you didn't have these little extra bank accounts for each kid no, growing up because no. you just didn't have the money. No, but we didn't. You can add the value now yeah. by saying, hey, if you're studying and you're intentional with your own life, you can leave here board free. Yeah, totally. But if you're going and you know pissing up your money up the wall and all that stuff, yeah, there's obviously going to be some hard discussions. Yeah, and I I wanted them to make good choices about their future from an early age and not – I want them to make their own path but n- not to waste their 20s because I think it is valuable time. Like we bought our first house when the girls were 18 months old and that's probably m- the best decision we've ever made financially because we're both shit at saving. Mm. So there's no regrets. It was really hard but it, it's paid how, off. How did you guys go about getting a deposit? Did you get the lender's mortgage insurance back in the day? Yeah, we yeah. only had a 5% deposit. So, because yeah. I went back to work when the girls were five mu- um, four months old, we, w- we had been used to living on the one wage and because I'd gone off work early being pregnant with twins and complications. Mm. Yeah, so we just saved everything that I earned and that went, you know, within 18 months towards a house deposit. Chris's dad had to come on the loan as a, not even a guarantor, as a co-loan person because Chris was working like as a self-employed person. Um, We were young. I was part-time. We had kids. Like it was tricky. And then we basically didn't buy him out because he didn't contribute any money, but we changed over to our own mortgage within a couple of years. Yeah, great. Yeah. 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 And so now you're – You've upgraded over the last, say, call it 20 years, you've upgraded from the first family home. Yep. And talk about the next step and more of the, the dream location or yeah. I don't know if it was a dream location, but- Where we are now. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, we wanted to 
it was a financial choice as much as it was like a location choice. We moved closer to the beach. It like we just knew we wouldn't lose money mm. and, and we had enough equity in our first house, which we lived in for 15 years, that it wasn't going to, you know, make the mortgage out of reach. So we will stay in that sort of same kind of area. A lot of people might be thinking, where are we going with this conversation? <laughs> and the answer is, I don't know. Um, <laughs> Either do I. <laughs> but I, I just want to really use, I really want to have this conversation for people who are in their early 20s or in their early 40s or early 50s or whatever age you're at. Yep. There's no rules in life. No, I There's agree. some social constructs, which I usually kick the door down on them. Um there are some laws, but we have to really look at our own situation and play the cards we've dealt. Yeah. I don't know what else I have to contribute to that statement. Yeah. Um, I, I always had a goal of, of finishing our degree. I really did want that education. It was just something that always interested me. And and then, yes, yeah, psych, I just love human behaviour. Um, it it kind of just gels with who I am. I like helping people. I yeah, it's mm. it's my jam. So Okay, so on to the degree and starting that portion of your life later than the average bear. Yep. Like did it feel weird if you had to go to face to face stuff and there's like students in the class that are, you know, your kids' age? Like yeah. what was that element like to overcome? Um, it what that was fine. I mean, Arimba campus here where we live is fifty fifty mature age, which is what, twenty two and over? And then um 50% school leavers. So yeah. I quite like hanging out with young people as well as old. Like I'm pretty. Like, like hanging out with me? I'm pretty young. <laughs> you're not that much younger than me. Piss off. I'm so much younger. No, you're not. You're old, mate. I'm like six years younger. Oh, what? Six? Yeah. Oh, okay. I do like hanging out with you, Glenn. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, yeah, no, it, there was a good mix mm. and people who understood the barriers for mature age students and especially older females, kids and all of the kind of extra life responsibilities. But, yeah, also cool to hang out with young people and and listen to their take on their struggles with uni and and then go and quietly go, ugh, their mum cooks them dinner every night. Yeah. <laughs> what are they complaining about? <laughs> but so. also on um, – so a lot of people don't know this, but when I started my business – Oh, I think it was a couple of years after starting my business, mm-hmm. I always wanted to maybe do business at university. Yeah. And then I started and even before the end of the census period, I had to end because it's like I, I can't do full-time uni and have a startup business. Yeah, no. no. But what I'd realised in starting uni a bit later mm. is you get more perspective yeah, on what actually matters and what doesn't. And yeah. I, I don't know, I just think – you go in more with this lens of so if, if I'm in a lecture or whatever, yeah. yeah what that the lecturer is saying, yep, yeah, I'll note that, or yep, yeah, that's actually really important. Yeah. Like you can kind of gauge. Does that make sense? Yeah, like, like well, just life experience and having learned along the way. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I think even um, I mean, you have better like organisational skills, and um, you know, I would literally do readings if I had a ten minute time period where you know someone. I, I don't know, like some, one of the kids was just playing or um, I do my study was while even napped, my youngest. So um, I had an hour and a half and I knew it was pretty set that time. So every day that would just be uni and I'd just get it done. Like you learn 
yeah, you learn those sort of skills about just staying on task and yeah. Okay, well, we're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. If you're after personal financial advice, don't get it from a podcast. If you would like help based on your own personal situation, head over to sortyourmoneyout.com. Click get help and we'd be happy to introduce you to one of our trusted advisors. Our panel of advisors, mortgage brokers and accountants work with clients all over Australia so they can connect with you wherever you are. That's sortyourmoneyout.com and click get help. So how long did it take you to complete the degree? Probably all up full like study time was eight years. So like I did it part time. I had a few credits because I had also done a bit of an IT degree, (laughs) Um, which is so the polar opposite of psychology. Oh, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I have some capacity for IT and I thought that might be a good career path. And then I realized I talk a lot more than the average IT person and nobody wanted to talk to me at uni. (laughs) So, um, and yeah, I just couldn't sit in front of computers and not talk to people. So yeah, yeah, it's like works for me. So eight years, like you look back when you started, how do you, like, how do you get to the point where it's like, I'm about to start something that's going to take eight years. Yeah. I honestly thought, yeah, yeah. I thought I would never finish to be honest. And, um, there were a lot of times along the way where I was like, oh, like this is just hard. Um, but it's just literally my one skill, perseverance, just keep going. That's mm. that's the only way to get through. You just have to keep going and then you finally get to the end. Mm. Yeah. This girl who's early 20s, her name's Natasha. She's out of Western Australia. I had her on the podcast. Yep. She's actually working full time mm-hmm. and studying part time. Mm. Yep. And- I, I really think, you know, and again, there's no rules, but if the shoe fits, like, I just think, imagine being 28 years old, having worked a big chunk, setting yourself up a good amount of money and also a degree, you know, for those of us who are over 35, you look back at 28, you're like, oh, it's young. Yeah, yeah, but, totally. And this is why, like, if you are listening and you are 20 years old, you know, we had a dude at the a live event on the Gold Coast a little while ago and he was 19. Yeah. So f- for a 19-year-old, 28's hugely another world oh, away. No. It's perspective, hey. So I just want to use this kind of platform just to encourage people, like, do whatever you want. Yeah, 100%. Just do it. Mm. Yeah. And – as long, like, and I'll say this again, my big four things, yep. you can do whatever you want. If you don't get pregnant unplanned, if you don't get someone else pregnant unplanned, mm-hmm. if you don't <laughs> end up on hard drugs and if you don't end up in jail, yeah, you'll have a pretty good shot. Yeah. And I, so I've just come out of working with um, people experiencing homelessness for the last 18 months and really honestly think... I mean, everyone's got a different story and and I 100% have met a massive range of people and the biggest cohort of people who are struggling with homelessness or the most growing population are women in their 50s. But the thing that I noticed was the biggest barrier was drug taking and, 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 I mean, often that leads to jail and, you know, missed opportunities and these people who had you know, have, may have had really terrible experiences but also have some real strengths and, and abilities, drugs, don't do it. Yeah. Seriously. Yeah, and that's it. It's just like it's not only the, um, you know, I, I've talked to people like a mate of mine, his cousin 
you know, he smoked a joint once in his early 20s yeah. and got permanent. It's like it's schizophrenia. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yeah, if you have a susceptibility in your brain genetically, mm. it can be, yeah, just once, yeah. which is just And terrible. that's why obviously do what you want, but you've just got to know you can do so much with your life if you're intentional. Yeah, yeah. And and that's that's a choice, right? Like you want to do something with your life, you you can and you will make good choices, but it, and it doesn't have to be in a particular order. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And maybe you're listening and you're thinking, oh, I've actually made some bad choices, and I'm in this situation. And Emma, like when I was a financial advisor, people would come in and they'd have all this debt and just total financial mess, and they want to actually tell me this big old backstory, but. For me, it's like, hey, it's all good. Yeah. Like we're actually here now. Yep. Now let's build a plan forward. Yeah, 100%. Where I guess, and we could maybe talk a little bit about the psychology side for those who are interested in yep. studying psychology. Sure. But there's got to be, just from my experience of going to a psychologist myself mm-hmm. and just talking with heaps of people over my career, there is that element probably more so with psychology to maybe identify some things in the past. But a lot of it is how do we go forward now? Yeah, it's definitely you would only identify things in the past if they've kind of created ways of thinking that are affecting your present. And and people usually come to a psychologist because of immediate distress or something they're struggling with in the here and now. So it's useful to to look back so that you can go, okay, um, you know, there's a whole school of thought in psychology around schemas, like, you know, do you have an entitlement schema? Do you have a perfectionistic schema? Like what is it from your childhood that's led you to have these core beliefs? Can you see that, uh, that, you know, they've become a barrier? Are they, you know, are they like actually all true or, you know, are there portions of them that aren't? Mm. You know, how's that affecting your life? Do you think you've got any schemas? Oh, yeah. And I think everyone does. I mean, I had a hectic childhood, so mm. I've got plenty of shit to work through. Yeah. <laughs> yep. And then still I can be a psychologist and help people, which mm. I probably probably is a really great point, I think. You know, like we all have limitations and we all have strengths. Don't, don't write yourself off because mm. of your struggles because like – just keep going. Just, you know, life, life changes. You kind of work through stuff and then things come up and you work through stuff again. And, you know, it doesn't mean you can't have a fulfilling life and make a difference or, you know, do all you can do even with all that going on. Mm. Yeah. If someone wanted to see a psychologist. Yeah. So I'm big on um, just because of my experience with, I call it my quote unquote wasted years. Yeah. You know, undiagnosed yeah. mental health, like. It was nothing's wasted. It's, it's and I always say that like yeah. nothing is wasted because there was some good stuff that came out of that. But if I could turn back time and be kind of mentally whole, I would have done so much better and had a better experience. Yep. And I'm always one to encourage people to see their GP if they think something's up. Yep. Um, yep. Perfect, and then go perfect and, first point of call. Yeah, and yeah. then chat to a psychologist. But if someone even just wants to see a psychologist because they've got this thing. Do you know Barney? Yeah. Yeah, I went to Barney um, a year ago. Yeah. Um, and I said to him, look, I'm here because I've got this thought pattern that I can't think my way out of myself. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm like acutely self-aware that it's yeah. like annoying. 
You know um, how when you try and change a thought and you focus on it, you mm. can't stop thinking it? Yeah. That's a big thing in psychology. Yeah. So, like, what would somebody be up for with their first session if they wanted to go either if they had a – some clinical issues where a GP referred them to a psychologist or if they just had some thought patterns that they wanted to. What would a first session look like? Yeah, like what should someone be prepared for? First sessions are pretty chill because you're doing a lot of like background and finding out what's, you know, what the person wants help with. And we generally only work on like kind of one or two things at a time. Mm. I mean, it depends on the psychologist. I think the really key thing is finding someone you click with, someone, you you know, like I think – the main strengths of a psychologist should be um, that they're non-judgmental, that they actually care about people, have empathy, you know, those kind of core things that you think will make you comfortable and safe to be able to open up. So it's it's more, you know, interviewing the person to see if they're the person you want to go on and work with. Mm. Um, yeah, it, it's pretty low-key, the first appointment though, so. Yeah. Yeah, you start work more in the second. They might give you a takeaway the first time, one thing. Yeah. And I would encourage anyone, like, if you're too shy or embarrassed, you've got to always think they've heard it all before. Oh, 100%. And there's probably, as much as this sounds weird, there's probably people that have gone into a psychologist for worse things than you. Oh, mate. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Even and, And that's a big thing, I think. If it's something that you feel is shameful, all the better to go and work through that with a psychologist because if anything is going to hold you back in life, it's shame. Mm. And um, I think it's probably one of the least constructive, most damaging things. So, yeah, go speak to someone, get it sorted. And if you're still listening and you're thinking, this is a bloody money podcast, talk about money. Well, it's like if you're not whole and set, like – I don't know, can you talk to just from even your life experience about once you're in a good space with balance and all that, Mm -hmm. the money stuff sometimes isn't as a big deal or less stressful or easy to manage? Yeah. Well, money's a big um, tool that people use as a distractor or as a coping mechanism, right? So if you aren't doing well... Spending money gives you a massive dopamine hit. It's oh, it's dopamine. oh, <laughs> dopamine's the boss. Um, it's it's yeah, it's very pleasant. So, uh, you know, if that if if you feel like spending's a problem, there's probably something in the background going on that you could work through and and resolve that is going to be useful and going to set you up financially so that you mm. can have a bit more, I don't know, autonomy over what you're doing. Yeah, it's just I don't know, like. I love talking about this stuff because, you know, even I'm thinking of one or two things in the background here that it's like, oh, maybe that was a problem and maybe this is a problem. Yeah. So it's just really oh, it's encouraging. life though, right? Like, yeah, that's it's life, right. Lifelong. We're working on stuff and learning yeah. new things and that's cool. That's so what good. area of psychology do you want to focus on after your provisional years or even hmm. at the moment? Um. Oh, yeah, I don't have anything set. I'm, I mean, I've worked in, in community services for the last four years with people with, you know, quite severe mental illness and addictions and lots of complex problems. Um, and I really, really enjoy that work. But now I'm working a lot with kids and early intervention kids with, um, um, you know, on the spectrum, different neurodevelopmental disorders. Um my thesis was about trauma and eating disorders, so that's something both things I'm really interested in. I could and I and 
workplace burnout in a non-clinical sense really, really passionate about. So I don't know, the world's my oyster gland. Yeah, love that. (laughs) But it just speaks to this thing. It's like, you know, all those hard years of parenting kids under 10 and all that, like you've done those hard yards. Yes. And now you can- (laughs) Stoked about it. And this is the weird thing, right? So basically- People get out there, like you said earlier, linear, like school, uni, house, kids, then, you know, it's all good. Well, you've you've done school, marriage, kids, house. All right, now we'll get our career. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what are you looking um, for in your life financially as some goals? Do you have any financial goals? Oh, like travel is a goal for me. So in terms of finances, saving to travel, but yeah, yeah, being – being terrible savers. Look, we're not gurus at the financial stuff for sure. But yeah, I think having bought the house has really kind of at least given us some good security. Mm. Yeah. Just being smart, not, not having debt. The best thing we ever did was to get rid of credit. Thank you, Glenn James. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So you're, you basically don't have any consumer debt at the no, moment. No, nah, nothing. It's so good, isn't it? It's so freeing. Cause we had a business like the music school mm-hmm. um, and a music shop and we built it and bought stock on credit. And, I mean, I just kind of thought that's how you ran a business, which which a lot of people do, but um, then the global financial crisis hit and we were <laughs> effed. Um, yeah. We had like 50 grand in debt and um, credit card debt and like our income dropped and it was like – something that we would we were trying really hard to pay off and it was like Everest, you know, to try and get through that. So it can be a massive trap in my opinion and that's probably one of the things I advise my kids, just don't don't get credit, don't do it. Mm. Like in, in a personal sense and I'm not really, you know, able to talk in a business sense but, yeah, just um, just if you just buy what you can afford, so... Yeah, and I think this is the problem with society now. Like the zip pay, the afterpay, the hum, the freaking all the, you know, get your salary one day at a time. You will start to think you're the crazy one for not using that stuff. Yeah, yeah. And I want to tell you, if you don't have any consumer debt, you can guarantee with your super contribution, you're living on less than you earn. And if you live on less than you earn and invest the rest for a long period of time, you'll be comparing notes with someone in 20 years and you'll be in another league. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, the banks are making a killing, all of these offerings, afterpay, whatever. They're not doing it out of the goodness of their heart, are they? No. They want to make money. So it's like gambling, you know. I mean, it's not like gambling, but it is like you think you're going to come out on top, but someone's making money in the background. Absolutely. Well, did you have any final words that you can encourage our listeners with of any age? (laughs) I think we've covered it. Yeah, Mm. I just think, you know, if you want to do something, just do it, whatever pace it is. If you can't, what is it? If you can't run, walk. If you can't walk, crawl. If you can't crawl, I don't know, then you're in trouble, I think. (laughs) Get get (laughs) Get someone someone to push you. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. But, yeah, and it's that. And if if you're trying something and it doesn't work – like you did the IT thing at uni. Yeah. It's okay to go stop. Definitely, yeah. I think um, – and that's a benefit of growing older as well, knowing who you are mm. and 
yeah, trying it. And if it if you just decide it sucks, it's not for you. You have to enjoy it if it's going to be your career long term. I loved learning psych. I love people. You know, it just it all works for me. It just all suits. So I just knew I was on the right path. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Emma, thanks for having a quick chat. Really appreciate your time and thanks for listening to the odd episode. Thanks for the coffee. No worries. It's nice. Very good. We do My Millennial Coffee, everyone. If you want to get some delicious <laughs> beans delivered to your door, you can uh, go to, we'll just Google My Millennial Coffee. Okay. And uh, we can get some shipped to you straight from the coffee roasting warehouse at Glee Coffee Roasters who are roasting that for the M3 listeners. And there's been a lot of people who have loved the M3C. So mm-hmm. there we go. There you go. All right, Emma, thank you so much. No problems, Glenn. All right, bye. Thanks. We acknowledge the dark and young people, traditional custodians of the land on which our studio sits and pay respect to their elders past and present. We extend that respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander peoples who may listen to our podcast. My Millennial Money supports A21, a charity focused on abolishing slavery and human trafficking all over the world. Check out a21.org.au for more info. If you would like some other giving options or if you're unsure about which charity you can support, head to thelifeyoucansave.org.au. This podcast is for education and entertainment purposes. Any advice is general financial advice only, which does not take into account your objectives, financial situation, or needs. Because of that, you should consider if the advice is appropriate to you and your needs before acting on the information. If you do choose to buy a financial product, read the product disclosure statement and obtain appropriate financial advice tailored to your needs. Simo Interactive, Proprietary Limited, the publisher of the podcast, is an authorized representative of Money Sherpa, Proprietary Limited, which holds financial services license 451289. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 